It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Half the league is scheduled to be 0-17, the rest 17-0. Week one can be a liar. We got to sort through it all to figure out what is the truth. We're going to do that today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Joseph, happy victory Monday for those who are celebrating today. Mm -hmm. First Monday of the NFL regular season. We still have a game tonight. Your Buffalo Bills against the New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers. Is that tonight? Yeah. Yeah, Mm. it's tonight. Uh, the, the, and I'm glad they gave us one game after the fact because you and I sat down to try to strategize. Hey, what do you want to talk about on the show today? And the list just went. Yeah. And we, we didn't even talk about college football in any capacity. Yeah. And hence we're locked on the sky. So we're going to keep it focused on week one of the NFL season. But oh my goodness, what a st- stretch of surprising outcomes. Mm-hmm. What a stretch of really good performances what a stretch of sloppy quarterback play my camera is way come on back to me buddy uh i i told you in the pre-show i had one administrative note that i wanted to share with you and i want to do it now okay i have the updates for what we did on thursday last week the picks the picks okay. so for those of you who missed thursday last week imagine we did joe and kyle did straight up pick them Who's winning the games? And then our roster ranking project that we did all throughout the summer when we evaluated all the teams, we did that against the spread. Okay. So what do you want to know first? Your picks, my picks, or locking against the spread? We had four different, right? Or was it three? Uh, We had Panthers, Falcons, which you prospered. We had 49ers Steelers, which I prospered. Yeah, you prospered. And we had Dolphins Chargers. Oh, so you got two out of three for the, the prosperousness. Yes. Okay. I okay. It's just, yeah. So you won the week between you and I. Uh, as things currently stand, I am 10 and 5 and pick him for week one with Sunday Night Football yet to play. And you are 9 and 6. Okay. So and respectable pick him outcomes for us. How did the roster thing do? 
against the spread. Mm-hmm. Seven and eight with one to go. Mm. So not a rousing start, but week one's also a weird, weird. week in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we saw that, and that's why we want to talk about what we saw on today's episode of the show. One thing that we agreed on in the pre-show and planning for this is that there's three really happy fan bases right now. The Miami Dolphins, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Dallas Cowboys. Let's talk about those teams. And I'd love to start with the Miami Dolphins because, I mean, obviously they put on a show offensively last night with Tua and him hitting every throw it felt like. I mean, just Tyreek Hill completely unguardable. And what's so interesting about that game is you and I talked about it and was like, the Dolphins got to lean into their rushing offense. The Chargers can be had on the ground. Brandon Staley seemed to have a nice recipe last year when these teams played in terms of the pass defense. Mm-hmm. And then, nope, that wasn't it at all. It was to uh, throw the rock down the field and just dice up the Chargers. And so as we focus in on this conversation about separating what's true, what's not true, right? Week one can absolutely be a liar. I guess the question is, I mean, what happened here for the Chargers? And is Tua going to throw for 6,000 yards? <laughs> because um, it feels like it's going to happen. Who's stopping this passing offense? Well, it's the, the whole narrative with Tua is being available for 17 games. You're off to a good start. Clean sheet. No yeah. Tron Armstead. The offensive line pitched a clean sheet. He was pressured 13 times on like 48 dropbacks. Some nice slides. Nice calculated Very slides we saw. Up in the pockets. Yeah. Yes. Um, so... I think if you look at this from the Dolphins' perspective, they, they they added some subtle motion wrinkles pre-snap that I thought had really good answers for some of the things that gave them a hard time the last time against the Chargers. Um, they did this tear motion with Tyreek on the same side of the formation into the boundary multiple times, and then they got him running in-breaking routes at depth with, I'm in the slot, I'm going to motion to the same side to the boundary full sprint into a 15 yard day. And like that same side speed motion really tested Los Angeles and JC Jackson got that assignment quite a bit. Mm. And I know you're a big fan of JC Jackson and Dolphins fans waking up this morning are probably big fans of JC Jackson as well. Uh, Cause they, they really got after him. Um, I think Miami also did some fast four motion with getting four eligibles on one side with speed testing communication, but the chargers ran, uh, I saw this on social media. They ran, they ran man coverage 80% of the time. What a crazy choice. What a crazy choice. And they were getting, and their pass rush wasn't getting there. No. And Brandon Staley was asked after the game, you know, what, why wasn't the pass rush there? And he was, he was very emphatic. The ball was out. Like that's just we would he would get to the top of his drop and the ball was out. Well, and their best pass rush comes from the edges, right? It's not like they have interior guys. Correct. And you saw I thought you saw the Dolphins. This was one of the things with the game that I thought was was what Miami was going to have to do. You saw a lot of Durham Smythe and Alec Ingold, and they were blowing those guys up with extra attention on the edge. And that was another point that Brandon Staley made is they they were protecting with seven or at times eight men in protection and the ball was still getting out on time. Mm. It was just the rhythm of the offense. So from a time to throw perspective, 
Next Gen Stats has Tua Tagovailoa as the fifth fastest trigger in week one, 2.53 seconds average snap to release. And his average intended air yards was 11.6 yards downfield. Yeah, that's that's bananas. To, to, yeah. to put that into context, Dak Prescott, 2.37 seconds. Average intended air yards was 6.4, so almost half of what Tua did. Trevor Lawrence. Well, he, he played against three. air, though. I mean, in Dak's defense, that there wasn't an opponent. Hold on. We're going to get to that game. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, 2.43. Average intended air yards, 6.7 yards. Baker Mayfield, 2.47. Average intended air yards, 7.5. This is versus 11.6. Mac Jones, 2.52, mm-hmm. 7.4. Joe Burrow, 2.56, 7.1. Jared Goff, 2.6, 6.4 yards. So it's the that's exactly what Miami was last year. So it was these extra wrinkles to counter, and then the Chargers playing so much main coverage that really allowed Miami to have their way with 536 yards offense against Los Angeles. Great start, obviously. Um, would you let's real quick on the Chargers, Kellen Moore, his debut v- balance, right? That was kind of the, the the impression that I had. They want to run the football, and they got. Eckler going and they got Kelly going, but I thought their passing game was not very inspiring. They didn't really well, show much about down the field. It was a lot of working the flats and some yak. I mean, it, it obviously he didn't. So we game one together. They didn't have any preseason reps, but uh, I, I feel like balance is the name of the game right now with the Chargers offense. Yeah, I think it was kind of a battle of wills with Vic Fangio, right? And they're, that whole defense is designed to take away the vertical throw. So you picked a bad first-week opponent if you were hoping to see fireworks <laughs> in the vertical passing game. Yeah. And the Dolphins did The Dolphins did that. But the give and take there is if you're going to consistently play that way on the back end, you have six and a half guys in the box. And it showed because the Chargers ran for almost 240 yards in the game. So the Dolphins said, we're, we're not breaking our structure. We'll try to do some things in the front and try to put Andrew Van Ginkle inside linebacker and have him fire down into a gap to try and get an extra body at the line of scrimmage. Almost like what like LSU did with Devin White. Mm. It was like really interesting to see like, okay, like that's how they're trying to get the extra hat in the run fit is to fire a second level player to get down into a gap. Didn't work particularly well because I think the Dolphins nose tackle got his rear end kicked. Um, but th- that's credit to the, the Chargers offensive line. I think that's a great foundation for balance and then running the football if you're going to give you two highs uh, the the chargers are going to lead the league in rushing because they have a good interior offensive line josh kelly is the physical complement to eckler and then kellen moore i I think their run scheme is really good so i think there's a lot of good for the chargers offensively you just picked a bad first week to to hope for hey we're going to see the vertical passing game that we didn't have last year how many points they score 34 yeah i mean it's it's about the defense for them right yeah which is probably a little concerning considering Brandon yeah. Staley's MO is. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. All right. Got a bunch more to get to here in just a moment, but first need to tell you about LinkedIn these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And folks, it's so easy to create a free job post over at LinkedIn jobs. And then, Once you do, add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. And then simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, wasn't the only game played. Yeah. Well, we got a lot. Uh, where do you want to go now? You mentioned 49ers and Cowboys. I think those are easy conversations. I thought Pittsburgh was going to have a puncher's chance in this game at home. And the 49ers outclassed them in every imaginable way. First home season opener in Pittsburgh in eight years. Talking on the pregame on the the pregame shows. Pittsburgh's going to be juiced. And Pittsburgh was. The the fans were juiced. Didn't last long. And I, I guess in retrospect, if you could pick a nightmare matchup for what Pittsburgh of all teams did on the second level of their defense. Yeah. I didn't think about that enough with them against 49ers motion tight end running back in the passing game. And your answer at linebacker is Landon Roberts, Cole Holcomb and Quan Alexander, right? Those are your top three linebackers. Yeah. That's a nightmare. And retrospectively, we didn't, I, I think I'm, I don't think either one of us gave enough credence to that. And we certainly didn't imagine that Pittsburgh's offense was going to be totally outclassed by San Francisco in the way that they were too. Especially new coordinator calling the plays there with the 49ers. But I mean, credit where it's due. Brock Purdy continues to show up continues to win football games. Two, two more touchdown passes. Very efficient. I mean, Christian McCaffrey just eating in this offense. Yeah. The offensive line issues. What, what are there? There's no offensive line issues. Shanahan just figures it out. I think Uh, banks and, Burford both look good. Brandon Ayuk was an animal out there. What was yeah. the was that conversation so silly over the offseason about trading him? Well, no, I, still think, I, I think I think the the problem is the the money, as far as the big contracts that they have and him needing a new one. And I think I would prioritize keeping Brandon Ayuk, but that would probably have yeah. to come at the expense of somebody else who's already under contract and is a few years into their big contract. Man, I. I'd rather have Ayuk than Samuel, I feel like, just based on how the last 20 games have went. Brandon's been better in the last 20 games. I think they have different appeals. If you ask me who the better wide receiver was, I would say it's Brandon Ayuk. I Uh, I think he was a better offensive weapon. But now that you have Christian McCaffrey, I think some of the ideal value of Debo Samuel is diluted because McCaffrey's overlapping with a lot of the things that Debo can do that makes him so special as an offensive weapon. Maybe Kittle's the guy you move on from. I I would imagine that's probably the first one on the block, just because he's, what, close to 30? Injuries popping up all the time. Yeah, I yeah. know he was questionable for week one. There, and, and you've seen his, his high water mark for receiving was, what, four years ago? And as they filled out the rest, he his workload in the passing game has really been the one that has 
seen the regression the most. You're looking pretty smart for having Dallas. Uh, you had Dallas number two in your NFC power rankings, right? Wasn't it? it was it? I mean, come on. I mean, uh, what a what a night. I mean, they shellack the Giants. Dude, I hadn't Holy seen an ass cow. kicking like that in the NFL in a long time. Holy cow. The, the, the Giants didn't have a pulse last night in every imaginable way. Offense, defense, special teams, nightmare after nightmare after nightmare. Brian Dable's keeping Daniel Jones in there to the last series, getting sacked left and right. That right side of the Giants' offensive line is a disaster. Oh, Evan Neal, no growth whatsoever. Imagine that. I mean, and I know that's not what Giants fans want to hear, but Evan Neal was abysmally bad last year. And he, just like he was last night. I get they got good rushers with Dallas. Man, everybody's got good rushers, dude. Every team's got a Garrett or a Bosa or a Watt or a Parson or a Garrett. Like, I mean, yeah, I, and let, yeah, let me let, let's look at the bottom of the NFL, our roster power rankings. Arizona doesn't have one. Okay. Congrats. Why? Houston, Will Anderson will find out. Right. But it has very much the potential to be that. Atlanta, Chicago. Washington's got say what you will about Chase Young and Montez Sweat. I think they're they're quality pass rushers when they're fully healthy. Las Vegas, hey, you only got Max Crosby to deal with there. Tampa Bay, Shaq Barrett, right? Indianapolis, and then you're into Tennessee, New Orleans, Green Most Bay. Most teams got dudes, Carolina. man. Yes, there's there's like five teams in the NFL that don't have like a dude that's going to be a problem. I mean. The Cowboys aren't going to win forty to nothing every week, and the Giants are going to lose zero to forty every week. But I it's mean, never as bad or as good as it feels in a the game last like two that. from the Giants look horrible. The playoff game into this, I think that's a sobering r- reminder of where the Giants are as a roster that's rebuilding. Right, post Dave Gettleman, I think that that's, that's a very mean nasty pill to swallow but you got to swallow it because that's the reality of the situation versus where philadelphia is and where dallas is in their team building life cycles they are ahead of you those matchups are not going to go well for you yeah that's that's an easy one um let's keep it in the nfc real quick i'd love to talk panthers falcons a little bit uh bryce young nfl debut Turnovers killed Pink Carolina. Two middle of the field uh, interceptions by Bryce Young. Very That's similar cool. interceptions, concerning, right? Um, but Carolina's got to find some receivers that can can separate, right? I think that's kind of an issue that they have right now. Um, Brian Burns playing out of his mind, but for Atlanta, I mean, they were able to get those turnovers. Jesse Bates looking like an immediate. I mean, obviously, they gave him a ton of money, but to come in and have two interceptions and force a fumble and all 17 points come off of those three turnovers, that's big time. And then you know, they were able to run the football a little bit. Interesting to see Tyler Algier still have a bit of a role, not a bit of a role, a pretty significant role in this offense to go with B. John Robinson. But that team, that passing offense looked awful, absolutely awful. And I guess that's, to me, really not a surprise with Desmond Ritter as a quarterback, but um, – Interesting, interesting football game. It, it was a good reminder when you kind of think about all three of the rookie quarterbacks, Stroud, Richardson, and Bryce Young. It's hard to come into the NFL and be an amazing rookie quarterback in week one. And yeah. I think it was a good reminder of that yesterday. Yeah, it's just very different, right? And it's the same thing that, you know, my team's got an Alabama quarterback. I know what that's like, throwing a Preston Williams and Devontae Parker and 
guys, Lynn Bowden Jr. and guys can't separate. And all you're used to is a bunch of separation in space. And, you know, for Bryce, that that's the acclimation that's going to be required is it's just it, things look different. NFL open versus yeah, Alabama opens a different life. It just is. They had a chance uh, late in that game to to go on a drive. Bryce missed throws, and it, that's it's to be expected, right? But I mean, he, I know Frank Reich said the last person in the world he's worried about is Bryce Young, and and that's fine. But I think there was, if I were to point to a reason they lost the game, it's probably as much on Bryce as it is on anybody. Can can I bring a name to the table since we're in the NFC? Mm-hmm. Would you like to talk about Puka Nakua? I bet you would. 15 targets, 10 receptions, 119 yards. Had a day. Mm. Had a day. The brand is strong with Puka Nakua. Imagine being surprised. The dude's the dude was a stud. I, I think everything that the Rams did yesterday surprised me. 30 to 13 win. Uh that that Stafford was, was that, cooking. That was the one that NFL scouting nailed that both you and I were like, we, we picked Seattle in the pick them and NFL scouting against the spread took the Rams because of the roster power rankings. And you were like, really? And we talked about how it was the coaching that really propped up LA in the midst of all of these closely knit teams that are kind of in the middle of the pack. The coaching staff for LA really stood out as something that really boosted them up the rankings versus the actual talent. I think you saw that in week one. 119 yards for Tutu Atwell. Seattle's got Seattle's no pass rush, none. You can't get pressure on on Stafford. Hit him twice, couldn't sack him one time on nearly 40 dropbacks. That's concerning. Yeah, and I, I think you look at at the Rams with kind of the musical chairs that they've been playing to tackle. Obviously, ha- Havenstein and and Noteboom has not performed consistently. You look at the interior with what they have. Seattle Seattle has consistently struggled with the Rams in those head-to-heads, if I believe. I think so. That's, yeah. that's, that's accurate. I, th- I think it's something like 8-3 and three or something like that in the last, based off the Fox pregame show. So I guess some of those divisional elements are, are very real. And um, I, I think L.A. is a nice reminder of that. I never would have imagined that they would have dropped 33 points on Seattle and dominated the game, but they did. Nice game for Kyron Williams, a couple of touchdowns. I got more to get into here in just a moment, but first get ready for this NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now new customers, you can bet five bucks and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. So that's an awesome deal, but check this one out. All customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. And uh, YouTube TV delivered yesterday. It was a really nice format. I enjoyed uh, the Sunday ticket on YouTube TV. So now is simply the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. You can bet on everything from the spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Are you ready for my favorite stat from week one? I'm ready. What do you think the record was for teams playing at home? Just think I'm about it. Not good games. because I'm thinking about a lot think of about, games. Yeah, they're, think about a few games. <laughs> yeah, Giants, great job. Steelers, amazing. Chargers, Se- yeah, Seahawks, I, Bears, Patriots, yeah. Chargers, Broncos. Was the were the Falcons the only team to win at home? <laughs> it was they're five and ten. Jeez. Home teams five and ten in week one. What's that about? Doesn't bode well for our New York Jets tonight. Our, our. Buffalo Bills. <laughs> you just got to be happy one of those teams are losing tonight. You're you're absolutely right. So you can't you can't you're lose. Right. You can't lose. Um, Patriots showed a little more punch against the Eagles than I thought they would, especially with and, down and when you and Strange. And then that that game script they were down what sixteen nothing. Yeah, sixteen they nothing. Had a, they had a pick six. Really ugly start for yeah. New England. You're like, well, here we go. This is going to be a massacre, and uh, it wasn't. It's the Brady magic, right? He came yeah. out at half nine, did the let's go one more time. Bro, put, put his past jersey on. Put me back in a dark place, man. It really did. Seeing him there, you know, <laughs> those with that album and everything. I'm like, oh man. Put me in put me in the dumps. Uh they they were certainly competitive. I mean, um maybe even the case that they were the better team. They just probably made a few more mistakes there with the fumble and the interception as well. Uh so they showed some punch for sure. Bucks getting a win over Minnesota, the game that Minnesota won that game every time last year, every time, not this time. Baker Mayfield with some big moments late in the game. Can can we go back to Philly? Of course. Talk about this rushing offense from Philadelphia. Wasn't good. Best offensive line, one of the best offensive lines in football, right? Vastly perceived to be one of the best offensive lines in football. You go to New England. Kenneth Gainwell gets 14 carries for 54 yards, 3.9 yards per pop. Hertz goes nine for 37 for 4.1. And then DeAndre Swift and Boston Scott both get one carry for three yards. Rashad Penny, healthy scratch. Healthy scratch. Healthy scratch. I think that's the most surprising thing is that New England won the line of scrimmage in the run game like that. And really forced Philadelphia to, I mean, Hertz. 22 or 33, 170 yards, not pushing the ball down the field. I mean, the the yards per reception, A.J. Brown, 11.3, 7 for 79. And then Devontae Smith, 6.7 yards per catch on seven catches. Kenneth Gainwell, 4 for 20, 5 yards per catch. Quez Watkins, 8.5 yards per catch. Boston Scott, 1 for 7. Dallas Goddard didn't catch a football. Goddard, pronunciation police, I nailed it. Dallas Goddard did not catch a football. I think it's really uh, a testament, right? It's a testament to Bill Belichick and having four months to prepare for a football game, cook up a, a game plan to have success against Philadelphia. Got to talk about the Bengals, right? Joe Burrow signs the big I deal. I going to bring this one up because I know you got some thoughts. 14 I think- of 31, 82 yards. What? 
know it was a little, little rainy out there, but come on now. And this is, I think this points to a criticism that I've had for the Bengals and Zach Taylor. I, I have a lot of respect for the Bengals. I ranked them number two in the AFC power rankings. I think they're a great football team. But when your offense is literally just drop back passing West Coast, you don't have any pitches, you don't have any clubs in the bag to point to when your quarterback can't go out there and just dice everyone up all the time. And them not having schematic diversity, I think, hurt them in this game, especially against the Browns with a new DC and Jim Schwartz. And you saw some yeah, of the creativity there getting getting Miles Garrett like rushing like interior gaps from time to time. Like standout performance for them. But I, I just I feel like the the lack of wrinkles in this Bengal scheme showed up in this game. And I mean obviously Joe Burrow not being able to really practice until last week, right? All that matters, right? right. It's like three years in a row where Burrow wasn't really able to have a normal right before the season. And that shows up, but the Browns got the Bengals number, man. And this Browns team offensively still plenty of questions about the passing game, but defensively and and Nick Chubb looks really good. Obviously Jack Conklin going down. That's a concern, but um, that bang, that Browns defense looks really good. and, And that's music to Browns fans ears after what they witnessed last year. Hey, just to follow up on the, uh, the hot takes, that we did and at the beginning of August or at the end of August. Guess who the Browns' leading receiver is right yeah, now? It's one game. That's Elijah, Elijah Moore. Moore. Elijah, Elijah Moore by six yards, baby. <laughs> Elijah Moore. Uh, yeah, cold, wet, or not cold, wet, kind of sloppy conditions. Not surprised that the team that could run the ball better ended up ultimately taking control of a game that was pretty close. Um Tight to the vest early on, 10 nothing at halftime. Cleveland kind of broke it open in the fourth quarter. Um, I'm not overly worried about Cincinnati because I, I think between the – how many teams across the NFL, when it's not wet ball, right? Joe Burrow's out there with a glove. I think that's – we often forget Joe Burrow is a member of the Tiny Hands Club, and people like to laugh at it. But I'm in, I'm in the club too. I, you are I mean, in the club. These babies are only about eight and a quarter inches. You know what I mean? I can't be a quarterback. But that that's the concern, right? Is is in cold, wet weather when the, or in, in wet weather when the ball is hard and slick, well, that's where tiny hands can show up. And how many teams <laughs> can't stop in, in not that environment can just line up with Cincinnati and handle the physical talent that they have? There's there's not a lot. So I'm not worried about it between that element, the weather element, between the um, the lack of practice and preparation element, grand scheme of things. I think Cincinnati's going to be just fine. But we've often talked about how they they do play a, a pretty straightforward style and brand of football. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that showed up. Credit to, credit to Cleveland for taking it to them. I, I didn't think for having two guys with – half a billion dollars of, of salary on the field. I didn't think you necessarily got that performance from the quarterbacks combined, but it's a long season. Packers got to be feeling good. 38 to 20 win over the bears bears. I mean, there's some hype for the bears out there, certainly within did, their own fan base. Did you see the full passing chart for fields? Nightmare. You've seen it. Yeah. I'm just making sure you've seen it. Yeah. 30, 37 attempts, four that go further than nine yards downfield. 
What's going on here, man? And then they, they also just didn't run the ball well. I don't know that that surprises me. I guess the Packers haven't been able to stop the run in, in 10 years. You feel like Green Bay is as well-equipped as they've ever been. I felt like wide. that in the past. They finally did it. I understand that. When they got Sean Gary back, which he, he was all over the place. I think that element to handling the quarterback run game is was was critical. Um, love what Green Bay did to to get Aaron Jones as involved as as he, they did in the the overall game plan. Obviously, this was kind of a, a ball control thing. AJ Dillon's averaging one and a half yards per pop, just kind of pushing the line of scrimmage, but. Get some explosive plays for Aaron Jones. I think he had GPS the third fastest time of any track ball carrier thus far in week one, over 21 miles per hour um, on the, the what was it, 35-yard touchdown reception that he had. Mm-hmm. So um, Luke Musgrave, three for 50. Jaden Reed, two for 48. But we're going to death by a 1,000 paper cuts. Jordan Love's not going to throw the ball a ton. But we're going to make it count when we do. We're going to hit some big shots off it. And, and case they in point, right Jones, jo- Jones had big plays. Musgrave almost 17 yards per catch. Jaden Reed was twenty or two for 48 for 24 yards a catch. I think they pushed the right buttons. Yeah. I think that's that's what I think the vision for Packers football that they have within their own organization is, mm-hmm. is what we that that's it. That's absolutely. The, yeah, that's the that's absolutely. it. That's the plan. I so. think the thing that's most concerning for Chicago beyond. Justin Fields is what how how they asked him to play the game. You got Ryan Poles. Ryan, everybody talking Ryan Poles. You know Ryan Poles, former offensive lineman as the GM, really going to value the trenches. This team got smacked in the trenches on both sides of the ball. So that's we knew the, the D line wasn't good enough. Tevin Jenkins not being available hurts. We we thought yeah. he was the best yeah, offensive it's... lineman last year. But that's the storyline for Chicago is how does that group respond to week one? That's the storyline that I'm watching because they're they're going to go as, as their ability to win the trenches, as is the case with the vast majority of teams in the NFL, is going to go. But you got Tampa up next. It's not going to be a layover for you for the physicality on the defensive line. Tampa might mess around here and start the year 2-0 and after all that smack we talked about, how underwhelmed we were about them. We'll see. But that is going to do it for us on this episode of Locked on NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He was Joe Marino. I don't know where he went. But uh, we appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Week one NFL extravaganza is in the books. We are back the next two days with our AFC and NFC power rankings. We hope you will join us. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Make it a great rest of your day. Enjoy Monday Night Football. And we look forward to talking to you all again soon. Peace. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.